the Winter's like, this? have you heard what's happening? And yeah. they go, we hear very little and we understand even less. That's you the whole and movie? That, <laughs> the, the that was me the second <laughs> half of this movie. Like, I, like I hear it. very little and I understand even less. Welcome to The Big Room, a movie podcast by non-movie people. I'm here with Danielle, Hello. Nick, Hello. and Carl. Hey, hey. And this week's movie is Casablanca. Uh, if you did not watch episode zero with the horrible audio that I apologize for, our mics are in now. Um, we are doing a new movie every single week. That was my New Year's resolution for this year, uh, 2023. And in my tiny popcorn bucket, uh, we have little tickets uh, like this that I wrote 52 movies on and it took me 20 minutes to do that and uh, we pull at the end of every episode we will pull next week's movie uh, and uh, last week we pulled Casablanca so we watched a super old movie that was all in black and white and everybody had fun right yes yeah <laughs> well, it was a great time oh uh oh uh oh foreshadowing we'll see We'll see. Intrigue and Ooh. drama. So uh, <laughs> let's open with kind of a uh, expectations. What did you expect going in? I know I expected, I have this uh, preconceived notion, I guess, this really unfair uh, view of old movies that I thought they all would be like crappily acted and poorly filmed and really boring uh, I expected everything to just be shaky and gross. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really unsteady. But I mean, there was a yeah. solid. Uh, it seems like there's a solid movie industry already in the '40s. Uh, this, so I, I was pretty blown away. It was much better than I expected. What, what, what did y'all think? I was really excited for this one because they reference it a lot on Gilmore Girls, and it's like Lorelai <laughs> Gilmore's favorite movie. So, and I watched Gilmore Girls at least three to four times a year. So I've been really excited to see it and kind of see what it was all about. So, and I really enjoyed it. I uh-huh. shake my head at that as if I don't watch Parks and Rec like six times a year. See, you got to watch your favorite shows. Well, at least Just... Parks and Rec is good. Nick, what'd you think about, uh, <laughs> Rude. what'd you think about, so, what did you think going in? I intentionally didn't watch a trailer. I didn't read anything about it. I had no idea. You like briefly mentioned to me the other night that it was a war movie. And that yep. was uh, I expected it to be really crappy, like really crappily filmed. But it wasn't. It was actually great. Uh, I don't know. It. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Yep. And... I was just the only person as I thought I would be. You were lost. Okay. Carl? I mean, I had no idea what it was going to be about. Like, I read the, like, description on HBO Max, and I was like, okay, a guy has a cafe, and his long-lost love kind of returns. And it's like, okay, I guess it's a love story set in, like, war-torn Africa or whatever. So, um, yeah, I didn't really have any expectation, but yeah, I, I was pretty blown away with the cinematography yeah and just the storytelling like some of you know some of the you know dialogue was a little dated um (laughs) you know nobody talks like that it wasn't very conversational uh it definitely seemed a little bit written i guess you know sure uh it kind of read like a novel or it acted out like a novel but yeah overall i was like i really enjoyed it i i could tell like this was something like and i know the um 
like the time it came was perfect for like what it was. So uh, I don't know. I tried to watch like I watched it a few times because I'm so dense. I have to, you know, do it a million times to actually get it and absorb it all. And then I probably watched like five or six different reviews. So I tried to like get a bunch of different, uh, you know, because, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm not a smart person at all. So right. I had to get other people that were smart to kind of tell me what was happening <laughs> to give me the significance. But um, I think at this point, like, yeah, I definitely I have a kind of a deeper understanding of the movie. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with how they kind of came together with it because yeah we're, we're so you know now everything's like green screen and kind of computer generated yeah. and it's like this was before that was even conceivable and they were still able to kind of achieve effects and you know make a cultural impact it's so. funny that you mentioned the dialogue feeling like scripty yeah see? Uh, because <laughs> i hope i'm not stealing one of nick's facts um it was based off of a unproduced stage play Mm-hmm. Oh, Dang it. I stole one of Nick's facts, so I had to actually go to Wikipedia to see if I remembered that right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was something that stuck out to me is when I was doing my research a little bit. I, I also had to do research because this movie's old AF. Yeah. Um, well, you must have watching, to in order to watching get it. Good watching it, I was like, this feels like a play. Like I thought, it felt like a play. It so, filmed like a play. Yeah, it's very clearly a set. Like lots of yes, lots of old films. A couple of the things I watched were like this movie was very theater. Like it was like you know the dialogue, even the sets. It was like an homage to theater. It was like very obviously on a set. Yep. But people back then didn't quite expect the sort of realism that we kind of expect nowadays sure. with like visual effects. So like it's. It's funny how those kind of shifts changed our cultures. Like now, if something's like fake, we're like, oh, we can tell it's computer generated. It was back then they just were like, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think You're not that. to get a plane on the stage. I think that like, extends past just this movie because I've been watching a lot of, granted, not old as this one, but a lot of old movies in the past couple months. And uh, Nick, you watched this one at this. Uh, at around the same time I did, we watched White Christmas, and that also felt very mm. stageish, especially in the early yeah. war scenes. Uh, yeah. And I was when reading. Supposed to be outside. Exactly. And they're clearly inside. And they're clearly inside. And that, <laughs> really that was the same with uh, Guys and Dolls that we watched. Yeah. That the, what was it, the Cuba scenes? The yeah. Havana scenes were like, that's a set. Uh, and um, and I, I was reading something, or maybe it was a TikTok. I don't know. I get all my news from TikTok. I'm a, I'm a youth. Um, about <laughs> how one of the main differences between modern cinema and older cinema and why older cinema feels old to us is the shots are very long. They're very unbroken and there's lots of long dialogue with a single shot instead of just camera change, camera change, camera change, camera change to keep yeah. us stimulated. It is more like theater put on a screen and less like, you know, this is a movie. Uh, yeah. Even though that's what movies were. Although back then. I'll interject and say that this movie did have a lot of cuts like there were a it lot did, of scenes. Like even the very beginning was like chop 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 chop. So like the editing of this movie. They were noticeable at some point. Well, yeah, and the editing of this movie was very. You know, I was like, wow, they really put a lot into this because it was like chop 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 chop. And then you would get those scenes with like extended dialogue for effect or what you know literary merit or whatever. But um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, hard cuts in this movie. To kind of get like, get into the film a little bit, uh, one of the things that made me giggle at the beginning was. Um, 
kind of the establishing shots of it's the war and blah, blah, blah. And there was one where they did like a, a, a globe kind of shot to show you where yeah. we were. God. And I'm like, yeah. that yeah. looked like they filmed a glo- the like an actual yeah. globe. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I know, like, the the earth is flat, so it's kind of funny. There were so many things in this movie where I was like, I don't know if this was because it was cheap, because it was made on a super low budget. Yeah, and and it was rushed to production. And it was super rushed. So, like, I don't know if some of this stuff was, it was just cheaply made, or it was, like, an artistic decision. Yeah. It comes across in the beginning. I I mean, I wasn't expecting realism. I was just like, you know, I just needed some kind of reference, some visual kind of cue. So I don't know. I wasn't really expecting, you know, you know, a shot of the earth from space. You know, I guess. Yeah. But, and it was, uh... I, I really liked it. Cause I thought that kind of gave, you know, a, it gave you kind of a visual uh, scope. It's like, here's the entire world. And here's this whole section. They're having to cross this, you know, like this impossible path. Um, and just kind of sets you up with like the sort of expectation and kind of mindset of where these people are at. It's like they've traveled this entire distance and now they've landed here and yeah. who knows what's, what kind of stages set. So, so, and a uh, lot of it, I had to kind of explain to, um, I didn't, I didn't kind of, maybe I just mansplained cause I'm, I do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> mansplain is whenever you explain things. All right, Nick. All righty. Uh, so as a, I'm not a historian, but I am kind of a war nerd. Um, I had a little bit, it, a lot of the set pieces and, or I, I guess a lot of the information around the setting kind of implies knowledge of the war, especially since, I mean, it was released in 1942. They rushed it into release because of the, uh, allied invasion of North Africa. Um, but, uh, so uh, I guess at, at this point in the war and they go over this with the whole love story in the middle of the movie is that France is being invaded and, and is occupied by Germany at this point. Uh, and then what the Germans do is set up a puppet government in France called Vichy France, which is they mention Vichy France a lot in the movie. And that's just a German cup puppet government in, in mainland France. And then Morocco as a French colony territory, whatever it may be, uh, was then Vichy France controlled. Um, so that's kind of the background. Uh, Casablanca being a haven kind of for refugees. They explain at the beginning of the movie people hoping to get illegal visas to get, get, gain their way into America because, you know, Europe is wild in, in uh, the <laughs> 1940s and, and late 30s. So uh, we're kind of introduced there to a bunch of hubbub in uh, this Moroccan quote-unquote paradise like it looked pretty neat but also everybody that's there is bummed out to be there yeah given the circumstances given the circumstances nobody wants to be there except rick uh and um (laughs) so they're all looking for illegal visas and then we got our guy rick uh rick blaine i believe who is played Mm -hmm. by humphrey bogart who is going to be in i believe three other movies that we watch as a part of this year at at least two Hmm. um which is great because i freaking loved him uh he owns i'm glad glad it was him because he was the best part a hundred percent he he owns this cafe that i can't remember what it's called i think it's just called called rick's 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 Rick's, Rick's something yeah what was the original play called everyone goes everyone comes to rick's place or something like that uh yeah yeah. yes everybody comes to rick's everyone comes to rick's pretty close so 
uh, and he uh, he's they mentioned that he's allowed to remain open uh, under this Vichy France French government because he hasn't sold any illegal visas. <laughs> That's why he hasn't been shut down. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he's it's it's made abundantly clear early on that he is absolutely neutral in all things. Like this dude yep. will not take a stance on anything. He doesn't uh, stick his neck out for anyone else. That's he's right. Not into politics. The only yeah, stance he's... he has is you do not play as time goes by in my bar. That's it. That's all <laughs> I do. <laughs> I did notice that he does does have kind of that classic Hollywood like male lead trope of like I'm kind of mysterious. Yeah. And like yeah. I'm not Watching good, this, but I'm yeah. not bad. Like he ripped up the German check. Yeah. He wouldn't take well, the like, German he, yeah, money. Definitely puts up the and, front of like I'm a tough guy with yeah. I don't. But he's like, and you know, but deep down, he's it's, it's, it's the Han Solo trope. It's like yeah. he says he's a tough guy, I, but deep down, yeah. I know he's good. I said that but at you one see point. That same archetype in so many movies. Um, I was like, is this where they got Han Solo from? Edition of it, like, right, mm. right. So one thing I had to tell myself throughout the entire movie because I kept, I kept going, oh my god, this is so cheesy, or I've seen this a thousand times. Mm-hmm. This story is played out a thousand times in a thousand movies, but like. This might have been the first. Right. Like, I don't think yeah. those like, it was early stereotypes on sure. were there. At least for film. Yeah. At least for film. At least for yeah. film. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've got, uh, amidst the hustle and bustle in Casablanca, we've got the announcement of there's been two murdered German couriers. Uh, and they've got yeah. visas that are signed by, I guess, the leader of the Vichy government somebody or something important. like that. Somebody important. Somebody Legendary important. Uh, letters of transit. Legend- letters of transit mm-hmm. that basically get you through borders without question by the German and fake French government. Um, and then that, that those letters were not found on the dead couriers. So that's kind of our first like mystery or kind of plot device very early on. Um, and then, you know, some Germans come to town. Um, ruin the vibe in the bar, uh, <laughs> with our cool guy Sam playing piano. Um, he was Sam's the coolest. Great. We oh, we yeah. stan a Sam who stands by his man. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. That's right. Sam, oh, this that's, guy. A lot of good Sam. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head, but it's just there's got to be more. You know, there's got to be more. Yep. Uh, you know we've got the police guy kind of schmoozing around doing stuff. And then we meet this uh, character, uh, Ugarte was his name, right? Ugarte. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, he's U- the kind of slazy guy that may or may he not is. have come across these letters of transit by questionable means. <laughs> That's right. And he gives them to our guy, Rick to hold on to. And Rick's like, I don't want to hold on to these for a while. And he's like, just for a little bit. Um, just- yeah. Which even that is like the first clue that like Rick is a decent guy because why what what you know what what benefit does uh, taking these things these illegal like he can get in so much trouble just for having them. That's right. Like so, so like the fact that he takes them is and the fact that uh, Ugarte trusts him with it is also interesting. It's like yeah, this there's... guy that he knows who says just because you don't like me or just you're the one that like I've got tons of friends but the fact that you don't like me makes me think makes you're the me one trust to you. trust yeah. you with yeah. yeah, which is interesting. But so. um, here's the thing. This we meet this guy at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, and he has these tickets, and he comes he comes up to Rick. He's like, "I need you to hold these. I'm going to sell them tonight to two people, and it's going to make me richer than I've ever been. And once I'm rich, I'm out of here." Yeah. 
okay, why did he not just use them for well, himself? Because then he's not I rich. I thought about that. Movie over. Done. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't he just put his name on the tickets, get on the plane, and go? Why does he have to sell them? Well, maybe he, uh, maybe Rich was like, I'm so loaded that I can do whatever I want and get out of and afford to get out of here. Maybe because everybody's for, for once he leaves. At this point, Rich, uh, he didn't want to leave. Rick. Well, Rick doesn't want to leave, Rick, but he's yeah, saying Rick. he's saying Ugarte. Ugarte. Yeah, well, he wants the money though. Exactly. I think that's, he likes the life he's living right. in uh, Casablanca. It, it must be a lot of so, money. Though. I mean, I, so I've I've watched a bunch of reviews about this movie too, and those two letters of uh, transit are what Hitchcock and his universe would call a MacGuffin. Yep. Just so, a plot device to I've move something over forward, and over right? Again. Right. It's like a device. It's like yeah, it's basically a narrative device that everyone wants, and it's like it drives the central story. Um, the force like, is a MacGuffin. The, the arguments that I've heard against it is like, even if they had these letters of transit, why would the German government just allow someone to leave, no matter who it's signed by? <laughs> True. Exactly. They, and, and on top of that, why would they even allow Laszlo, like, to stay? Like, they would just arrest him on the on site. There's no reason they would let him stay. Right. Well, I think it's because um, they didn't have but, jurisdiction. You know, like, yeah. it was still it's also free like, territory. You have to have some. Uh, what is it like? Uh, benefit of doubt or what's the what's the phrase you have to have a kind suspension of, of a, belief suspension of disbelief yeah you have to have some kind of disbelief, disbelief, you know to watch yeah. any movie but you know this this movie doesn't have nearly as many like crazy offenses as like roadhouse so but, yeah, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, i'm i'm hanging on ugarte for a bit because okay. the ugarte and rick conversation has my favorite shot in the whole movie and it Ray is when so they go upstairs into Rick's office to talk about these letters of transit, right? And hey, at one point, about. we're like at the top of a staircase or whatever. I guess the doors upstairs or something. I, I don't exactly know how how that worked, but we're anyway we're pushed back so that we're the camera's like in the back of the room and the shots happening in the front. Ugarte's on the left, uh, and Rick is on the right, and then Rick goes out of frame, off to the right. But he's shadowed by a spotlight coming from okay. back right, and we're that just watching Renault. his shadow. Oh, that was yeah. Renault. Renault, yeah, it was when uh, Renault and so Renault and Rick are talking outside, and Renault's kind of like hinting that he might be, you know, a little bit more sentimental towards the cause than he lets on. And That's then the guy right. comes out, and he's like, "Hey, we ha- I lost money in the gambling." So they go up to the the That's room right. to get the money. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's a right. great scene. Anyway, that yeah. shot of of Rick mm-hmm. in shadow. And they do it twice. He comes back into frame and then leaves again. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's and when they I was do like, another one where they follow them towards like the foreground yeah. tour. And it's like, oh. dude, yeah, th- that's why I was like, God, this is really every single shot. There's not like, there's no, there's no dead scenes. That's why, I like, even making the yep. outline for this, I was like, every single scene feels important. Every single scene, there's no fluff in this movie. No. There's like every single scene drives the narrative, drives the plot forward. And I was like, even like it took me forever to write the outline because I was like, this is every <laughs> single thing seems important. <laughs> even characters you meet in the very beginning, like when that hokey plane flies over, that's obviously like a back projected <laughs> screen. And the family's <laughs> like, that made me laugh. That, the women are like, hopefully we'll be on that. Like they come back over and over again throughout the story and are echoed through it. So it's like there's so much intentionality in this in the fact that they were rushing to make this. It's yeah. crazy that they were able to like to do this so well. Uh, Carl's but outline. Heard, uh, is, Carl's outline yeah. was two pages. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard like this was like the the like pinnacle of like you know classic Hollywood styling well, with like the perfect crew to kind of you know establish or, like to disseminate or whatever yeah. the so like it's like the per- it was just the perfect uh, movie to come out during the time like everything about it just like kind of 
happened perfectly, I guess. A little uh, nice little ribbon, you know. Nick, what it. were I mean, you gonna some say? Some people, yeah. some people would say it's the best movie of all time. I've heard that it's. I, it, man, when I was looking up lists, because originally this was just gonna be uh, a New Year's resolution without a show, and then I thought, you know, what what better does the world need than four more white people with a podcast? <laughs> Yeah. Um, this, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking up, I, my, the goal was quintessential films so that I get references. You know, you hear all the time, well, Casablanca was a really good yeah. movie. And, uh, and it was, dude, it was in the top five, at least of every list. Um, you know, it, the Godfather, um, Citizen Kane, uh, you know, movies like that. And the, Casablanca was always, always up there. Uh, so I was really excited to watch this movie. Um, and man, so I, when I read that, I read that it has been seen like on TV and in the movie theaters. It's been, it's been seen more than any other film. Yeah. Wow. And it, oh, wow. it was also one of the very first Which, films. I don't know how they calculate that. Right. It was, yeah. it, it was one of the very first films put into the national archives for, uh, like sig- for cultural significance. Uh, they didn't say it was the first. They just said it was one of the first. Um, so, I mean, uh, and I, well, after it ended, I was like, of course, like, of course. Yeah. And, and really after the Do first couple the shots. the timing, though, played a lot into it? Well, yeah. I mean, if this is one of the first great movies. Um, no, I mean, like, just the timing, like, in, like in history, like, when World War II, like, just uh, the way that 100%. when it came out, the story, like, that had yeah. every, it was just, it lined up perfectly. It was the stars, it was like a serendipitous stars aligning moment yeah, to and this movie. I even read some more uh, modern and maybe negative, but, or critical, I should say, going, uh, yeah. saying that this movie had a lot of uh, propaganda behind it. Oh, like, rah, rah, America. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, just thinking about the the song battle they had. The song battle, was good. Oh, that was great. Like, that was yeah, that was great cinema. But it's like definitely there's a message there, and I think it's hard. It it can't be. It can't not be propaganda if you have some kind of message, right? Right. Um, so so anyway, we get we get the letters of transit from Ugarte. Rick does. He hides them in the piano uh, with our voice. And no one sees. Which them. seemed like a bad them. idea. I like, I didn't even see it. What? <laughs> I didn't. I I must You're have looked like, away. Sir. Maybe I was checking Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> but because it, well, we'll get. There. Yeah, he just kind of lifts. He kind of lifts the top and puts the. I saw him do it, and I was like, he was really it. sneaky, is what I learned. Yeah. Uh, then we got our boy Ferrari, oh uh, the blue parrot oh, yeah. owner. He's he's selling a lot of. He's the one selling a lot of these tickets to people. Everybody's got, like, yeah, talk to Ferrari. Dealings. My favorite thing with Ferrari is every scene that he had in the blue parrot his his spot was ended by the people walking away and ferrari picking up a fly swatter and hitting a fly every single time <laughs> yeah. and i loved it that was the best yeah um, i also saw somebody pointed out that rick hardly ever wears a hat but he always wears a hat when talking to ferrari oh wow and i don't know i don't know what the significance is that and i like i've heard like this is not i'm, I'm too dumb to pick this up but i've heard it's because <laughs> rick is like the he's holding on to the american sort of cultural uh, themes, whereas Ferrari is kind of adopting the local themes with like the hat that he was wearing. I don't know what it's called, but like the little cylinder kind of hat. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. so like they were kind of like the opposing one guy, you know, holding, you know, I don't know. Like that's one thing I heard, but they they definitely went out of their way. They definitely went out of their way to make him seem like that kind of character where it's like, he's this very no nonsense, like, yeah, no BS, like, that was another Whatever, thing about the, the di- yeah the dialogue in this movie. There was a lot of like talking around subjects, 
Like they would say enough to give you an answer, but not the answer you're looking for, but not an answer that could incriminate them. Like, and I don't know if that's just very film noir or whatever, which I think was also pretty popular at this time. But like everything they were saying, it was like, like when they were like, what nationality are you? And he's like, I'm a drunkard. And it was like, he wouldn't ever tell them. He would, he'd tell them an entertaining answer. Enough never to kind a straight of be like, one. Oh, okay. But never like what they wanted. And that's, that was so interesting. And I was like, God, the dialogue was so good. Cause uh, like, I wish I could talk like that now. It's like, just kind of saying kind of, it's like being more mysterious or more, you know, uh, intriguing people but like, yeah. be like what is wrong with this guy? What is, yeah they'd be like this guy just won't tell us anything what, yeah. what were you gonna but, say a second ago oh, sorry oh i was just gonna say that type of hat is called a fez i believe ah, that's all oh, i was gonna say fez. don't quote me fez. on that but i like, think it's, it's like called the a fez. shriners uh hat where they have the little tassel or whatever yeah um so we've yeah. got a but go ahead to your point carl about him wearing a hat when he's around far ferrari ferrari yeah I, they definitely did stuff like that on purpose because I was doing some research and uh, the love interest in the movie, Isa, Ilza? Ilsa. Ilsa. How do we say her yeah. name? Ilsa. So in real life, she's taller than the guy who plays Rick. What? Yeah. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart. And yeah, she was so five, he was like, and he was five, seven. So he wow. was like standing on pillows and standing on things to appear taller than her. Yeah. I love that. Like, yeah, him wearing a hat around certain characters like that was all very intentional to gotcha. paint the picture. It's, of it's a stature thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard about that, and I was like, you watch it again, and you see him kind of sitting down, and she is always kind of leaning, reclining, <laughs> and he's always standing. And I was like, oh my god, it's because she's like a tall. She's like really just like a normal size. Like five nine is kind of average, right? Five nine's pretty tall for a lady. Pretty yeah, tall? yeah. Okay, well, I still, think average yeah. is five six. So five six. Is okay, that, well, is that how tall you are? I am five four. You're five four. Crap. Okay. I'm well, short. Well, five nine. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But still pretty tall. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's just it's so funny. Yeah. Five seven. And this guy's like this. Yeah. You always hear and you know with the old uh, was it Roadhouse? He's like I expect you to be bigger. And it's like <laughs> now it like really applies. It happens with General well, yeah. Grievous and Anakin and uh, uh, yeah yeah. Um, it's just a common so, movie trope. So <laughs> so we go. Uh, we meet uh, Laszlo and Ilsa. Uh, we know that Sam and Ilsa have this history or whatever. Um, and, uh, Laszlo is a little, he's a resistance leader. We gather, I don't remember from what yeah. country. I think he's from Romania. Yeah. Romania. Or he was in Romania at some point. Anyway, he's some resistance guy, really anti not playing the game that Rick's playing. You know, he's not beating around the bush. Ain't doing it. Uh, he's he, gets, he gets in trouble literally instantly. He's not even yeah. using a fake name. He's just like, I'm going to walk into this yeah. restaurant just, full of Nazis yeah. and just be like, this yeah, is, I'm laughing. Yeah. Frodo this is one of the Baggins, problems you know? that I've seen people yes. have with the movie is just that like, in what world would he just be allowed yeah. to roam free? In even what Rick, world is there like, a song battle between the French and German <laughs> national anthems? I'm going to show these Nazis. So, uh, I love that scene though. That scene is emotionally charged and it's beautiful one of the one of the scenes that really struck me and it involved laszlo um is there's some some dude walks up to him and asks him if he's interested in buying jewelry in the bar Mm. y'all remember this yeah yeah Uh, and he shows him the ring and uh then uh, Laszlo, you know, some crap. Ha- I think that's when he gets in trouble with the German guy and he's like, come to my office tomorrow at 10 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, Laszlo goes to the bar and finds Ring Guy again, whose name I will never remember. Um, but I had to look remember. up the ring because they don't, they kind of explain right. it, but they don't explain it super well. So it's a ring. So the ring, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a ring that has uh, it's a cross, but with like two little crosses on it, and it's called the the Cross of Lorraine. Uh, and in the war, it was the symbol of the Free French Forces, uh, led by Charles de Gaulle, and it was basically the French answer to the swastika. Mm. Uh, the the French oh. resistance is rather uh, answer to the swastika. So that was their like, uh, you know, little symbol, I guess, of hey, we're again, I'm resistance too. You're not alone here. In the time this movie was released, that was probably just common knowledge. Probably. Uh, it, probably like what that yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, if it's probably why they didn't explain. Right. Um. I well, they kind of did. But they kind I mean, of. I, I assumed it was yeah something some kind of, like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's just because the way he was like, oh yes, I am very interested. I was like, okay, well, this is obviously like the other side. This is also when I wrote um around that time. They had, there was some up close shot of Rick, and I wrote uh I don't know if I 100 percent stand by with uh, Monday Night Cameron's assessment of this, but I I wrote Rick has an Anthony Bourdainness to his face. Um, kind he of reminds like me a, of somebody. You know what? I can't, You're right. I almost, I almost thought it was right. Sebastian Maniscalco for a second. Okay. He's got a little bit of that in his face, but not in his delivery or expression right. or tone at he all. He just like had he's, like he's very more. He's much more monotone in his delivery. His face is just kind of long and thin, with like really knowledgeable or like knowing eyes, kind of like Bourdain had. I yeah. don't know. That's very who he weathered. reminded me of. Yeah, I see it. And then we've got the the song. We've got Ilsa. Uh, while uh, Laszlo's at the bar, Ilsa's just kind of chilling next to yeah. Sam. Uh, and Sam's like, never thought I'd see you again, and all kinds of whatever. They have some catch-up dialogue in which Ilsa like all but twists his arm into playing this song. Yeah, called, that was almost uh, uncomfortable the way she was like playing. It was it bad because she's like, like, you're making it. Well, stop making him do this. He doesn't yeah. want to do it. She, she he already makes told him, you your bad luck. Like, quit, she makes quit, him like, play it. Him. And yeah. then she makes him sing it. And this dude's yeah. like, I do not want to do this. And we yeah. learn when Rick like busts in from the casino or wherever he is and is like, I thought I told you, Sam, to never play that song again. And then cuts himself off when he sees uh, yeah. Ilsa. They lock eyes. Then they lock eyes. Then there's oh. some awkwardness. Um, That's when we first learn that, oh, crap, they know each other. Yeah. The former lover. Um, and this kind of ties. Nick, did you have any like uh, facts about the lighting? No. Okay, so I watched a bunch of reviews because I'm so stupid. So um, one thing that they pointed out was that the lighting was so intentional. So you have Rick a lot of the times is shown in shadow to show that his confliction with like oh. his kind of like with it. Oh. So like in the hat, the also the other the hat motif is also a device they use back in old Hollywood to kind of cast you know meaningful shadow across someone's face to kind of imply sort of that um, feeling, and then. Um, on top of that, Ilsa's uh, lighting was very soft. They used a gauze to kind of filter it, so she almost had a um, like a uh, airbrushed look, like an impossible, bring that up. an impossible tenderness to her face. And then even they added they um, added lights to her eyes to give her like this impossible sparkle in her eyes. So it was like this kind of very deity. I know. Like, I mean, she was beautiful. Yeah. she felt she, filtered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and she even, like, it was even her left side of her face, the three-quarter angle, which she felt was her good side. So, like, they were really deliberate with that. And on top, so they had, yeah, it was often, anyone, anytime there was conflict, they were kind of in shadow. There was also yeah. a motif that they showed uh, throughout the movie with bars. So, like, they were both wearing stripes. She had a striped shirt. He had a striped tie, I think. And okay. they were out at the um, uh, sort of, well, the bazaar 
um, yes. when they were looking at the rug tapestry. And there yeah, was also yeah. like, you know, striped lighting. The uh, uh, the blinds also kind of made this bar motif to show that they were kind of in this prison. Okay. Um, so, it was, yeah, that was interesting wow. to see kind of broken up throughout the, um, the movie. And then uh, Laszlo was almost always kind of uh, given this spotlight, this like shining, bright, impossible light compared to everyone else because he was like this beacon for the movement. So there was that was interesting to see. Like I never would, I never really noticed it. I mean, I kind of saw the the bars, but I didn't really get the rest of that stuff. So that was interesting. I was to see down. too busy trying to figure out what they were saying and just understanding. Dude, yeah, the dialogue what they the were way, saying the old, to pick up on any of that. The old English way of talking, where it was like, yeah, uh, the roundaboutness of it all. It was yeah, yeah a that... lot to now everything is just like like you know, um, like memes, like so so much. <laughs> Yeah, I like just, totally love you. World. And like. we got uh, <laughs> yeah. right after all this kind of happens, you know, we have some more ancillary scenes, but we have our first flashback um, mm. where we go to life was good Paris. in Paris. And then we learn uh, that she kind of just ditched him. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. Uh, we don't learn why yet, but we learn that she just ditched him as they were going to make their escape from France. But yeah. before that, we had our first instance of one of the most famous movie lines. That's yes. right. He is looking at you, kid. I did not know this was the movie it was from. And it said and the same three with or the four played times. Played Again Sam, yeah. which is never, I play guess everyone Sam, says Played yep. Again Sam, which is not in the movie, but Play It Again, or Play It Sam. Yeah. Play It Again. If she can take it, I can. Um, yeah. I was surprised so that they say it. I didn't know times. that one, but I knew the. Play- no, yeah, they said it like three or four kid. times. I, I, I thought it was just going to be the first time. I that thought it, it was kept gonna, happening. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be an end. So when it came out here, I was like, I thought this was and like the yeah. end of the movie. That's one of those like lines that you would see on you know when when whatever TV channel is having a movie mm-hmm. marathon and yeah. they'd show the quick like Casablanca cut for yeah. the "Here's Looking at You, Kid." That's yeah, that's like the uh, you know the bite-sized uh, morsel for the movie. It's yeah. like to hear that you know the entire thing how it goes. So that was yeah. that was a cool flashback, you know. Then we get drunk Rick. Um, Poor Rick, heartbroken Rick. You know, heartbroken Rick. Rick and Morty, how drunk he was. Yeah. He has a terrible interaction with uh, Ilsa. Um, all that malarkey. He basically uh, calls her a whore, and she can't stand right. for that. Uh, and then Rifle we've got so. the we've got the meeting with Laszlo, and uh, was it? I think it was with the police. The police, yeah. Police what's officer. the what's the German the guy's name? The next morning. Yeah, the next uh, day. Renault, and then yeah, Renault and Strasser. Strasser. Strasser's the mm. German guy, right? Yes. yes. And then Renault is officer. Renault is our kind of like. He's the precinct of the French chief. police, right? Which he's French, yeah. but he has the British accent, which threw me off because throughout the movie. And from what, what from Canada. Fact, I hope I'm not stepping on one of your facts, Nick, but there was a lot of actual immigrants in this movie that gave their native accents to it. So that lended yeah. it to a more believable performance, across, which like it's another one of those serendipitous, like it's pretty cool. The timing of this movie is like there was already a lot of kind of uh, immigrants in California in the making of it, which is crazy. But yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see here. We got uh, during that. It's kind of an intimidation talk. They basically tell Lazo like you're not leaving, ever, yeah. yep. uh, because, and then they inform him that our boy Ugarte died. Yeah, and they give him the ultimatum too: if you give us names of the other resistance leaders, we'll yep. let you go, kind of. But he won't give it up because yep. he's the he's the the white hat, you know, the morally incorruptible mm-hmm. hero. Then we cut to the market, more kind of bizarre scenes. Um, I think that's when. 
Ilsa tells Rick that Laszlo is her husband for the first yeah. time. I think so. Um, Which is the first big drop, right? Of the movie? That's the first big yeah. drop of the movie, yeah. Because you're like, oh. That's when things kind of start. She tells him not just he's my husband, but he was my husband when we were in When Paris. we were in France, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we ever get a breakdown of how long they were in Paris? Because, like, I don't, I don't want to no. be this guy, but it seems like he's making a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's, that's the impression I got. Like, he wasn't there okay. for very long. So Listen. she's like, it was this fling. And, and I get the romanticizing of it all. You're in Paris, it's true love, and you have this thing. But still, it's just like you knew her for like, what, maybe five weeks, and you were already ready to propose to this woman. And then, like, it just seemed, and then, like, once she leaves, yeah, you're I've just downtrod. <laughs> it just seemed a little, uh, a little much. But, you know, I guess that's, you know, that's film. That's, you know, yeah. And how then, it goes. Then, you know, we have another uh, Ferrari scene with Laszlo and Ilsa, and they're like, one of you can leave, and they refuse, and then they, yeah. that's when Ferrari spills the beans that Rick has those letters of transit. Um, so it sets it sets us up to have more kind of confrontation, you know, once again with this whole MacGuffin, more interaction between Laszlo, Ilsa, and, uh, and Rick. Um so then we have this weird like B story of that like young foreign lady asking Rick for help at the bar and to get them out and blah blah blah. And he's like, You want my advice? Stay in Casablanca. Uh <laughs> and her husband's just like sucking at roulette. I think I had a yeah. note for Nick here. Um twenty two. I think I had a note. Uh it's they're playing play roulette. 22. No, they're playing roulette. Nick will have tickets to Vegas by the time the credits roll. Uh, but I already want to go to Vegas, man. <laughs> Roulette's your game. I'm like, oh, Roulette, right now. Nick is locked in for this one. And then, yeah, that uh, Rick, we learn that Rick is rigging Roulette. <laughs> he rigs it for number 22. That's to give the people the money. 22 is the most well-kept secret in this whole, like, everything. <laughs> news travels so fast. They already know who's got who, what letters of trains, but well, no have, one knows about this 22. Yeah, we have lots <laughs> of, we have more comedy with the, when, when they shut the bar down later in the movie. He's yeah, like, I'm shutting this place down for illegal gambling. And then some guy comes like, out, here's your winnings. winnings. <laughs> yeah. He's like, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I love, Renault is maybe my favorite character. Moral, uh, you know, upstandings aside. Or whatever, yeah. But he like, because I think, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of the movie, but he just seems like he's kind of the barometer for the audience. Like when he's sure. like, when he kind of, he's, he's like a secondary character where like, uh, when he, when Rick sits down with Ilsa and uh, Laszlo for a drink, he's like, a president is being broken, and like lets us as the audience know this is a big deal. Yeah, if we didn't, like, pick up on it already. Yeah, and then like the way that like, and that's another thing I picked. You know, watching these reviews because I'm so dumb. Um, everyone was kind of talking about how all the other characters are kind of a barometer for like, you know, a goalpost for Rick. Like they'll be like, I don't think you believe what you're saying. And we kind of gives us as an audience, like a cue into where Rick is with his internal dilemma. Um, you know, and I don't know if this is like, you know, English teachers finding meaning where right. there isn't meaning. Right. Well, um, it does kind of key us into what Rick is thinking while allowing yeah. him to maintain mystery and moral ambiguity. Yeah, because that's way more exciting, obviously. And, and it, you know, yeah, more so, fun as the character. Because, you know, like, you don't, even with, you know, well, what's his name, Laszlo being like the obvious hero, we still don't like him. He's boring. Right. You know, we like Rick. <laughs> like, we yeah. want Ilsa to be with Rick, even I though, like, Laszlo. he's a terrible. 
I mean, he's a good guy. Listen, like, in, in movies, I classically, I always go for the good guy. I never go for the mysterious yeah. guy. Like Phantom of the Opera, no, I'm on Raoul's side. 100%. I don't know. I don't know either. You guys don't, you uneducate. Yeah. 2024, Adam Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Guys, Phantom of the Opera. Um. Anyways, not just that though, but anyways, side note should just be like, I love the good guy. Well, and so past this point is when like we get the, the anthem fight. Which we've alluded to previously, oh. where Rick so comes, good. Rick comes out from the casino after he's helped that young lady by telling her husband to bet on twenty two two times and then put your money away, please. Uh, and never come back. Sam has been, uh, his piano has been commandeered by Nazis. The Nazis Rick. are at it again, and they've stolen our boy's piano, and they're are playing. The they're still in the still piano the at that point. Those tickets are still in the so. piano. They're right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, There's maybe a real point of tension that I didn't feel until maybe just now. Yeah, so the yeah, tickets are in I the piano. The Nazis yeah. are playing, I guess, the German anthem. And then Laszlo, ever the uh, resistance boy, goes over to just a spare band that's chilling. Yeah in the corner and yeah, is I was like, like where is this why is this other group not playing <laughs> he starts singing the french anthem and then the whole crowd joins in and they're having like Dude. a rap battle like oh. real loud at the same time as each other and it's a great scene and it also that was it, chilling it, 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 it was watch. great and it it, yeah. it it gave it gave us the excuse that the movie needed to shut the cafe down and kind of move mm-hmm. things along yeah. because then the germans are like yeah you know they have Renault shut it down for illegal gambling, which is when that hilarious part where the 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 yeah. the gamble master, whatever they're called, brings <laughs> brings him his winnings, um, and uh, that's when uh, I believe they ransacked the bar after that, um, and we're yeah, like, oh my god, the letters, which they, the never letters. The they, piano, they never I look guess, in the piano, yeah, whatever. That's just crazy to me. Like they wouldn't open the piano. Come on, they're not musical. But- Yep. Anyway, and then anyway. We, you know we have the cafe shut down. Laszlo and Ilsa confide in one another, and Laszlo leaves for his secret meeting after just, I guess, hoping a Nazi isn't standing behind a pillar that he yeah. was standing this in front guy of forty-five seconds before. Most casual wanted <laughs> yeah. man in the world. He's just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm going to my meeting. Yeah, like, no I'm not going to take brow. a back way. Yeah. Um, just, nerd. And then downstairs, we've got Rick. Ever, ever the good guy, Carl and Rick are going over the finances uh, and they leave everybody on payroll for three weeks. I oh. think he said they yeah. had enough money to do that for. That's another oh, nice thing. This movie, this movie does like indirectly telling you Rick's good. You know, like he, like yeah. when, uh, uh, when Ferrari tries to buy Sam, he's like, I'm not in the business of dealing with people or selling people. So like he makes it Sam's choice. So we're like, we're cued in all throughout the movie that like, you know, Sam, uh, Rick is obviously a good guy, right? like without directly saying it, which is another one of these things the movie does so well, which I think like lends itself to why it's so well reviewed. Right. Uh, and then we, we, once Lazo leaves, we get a shot of Ilsa kind of putting her coat on and leaving. She somehow like, I don't know, climbs a fire escape and gets into Rick's bedroom. <laughs> um, and uh, it's because the, of her five foot nine height. That's she right. Just, she can. She doesn't have to stand just, on a pillow. She just step pulled into the herself window. up because she was already at the second window. <laughs> <laughs> just lifted her leg up and in. Uh, hap! And then, <laughs> uh, what are you doing here? Hey? She confronts Rick. Um, you know, they have a 
she tries to get the letter. She pulls a gun on Rick, which was wild. That was wild. That was the first big twist, I, I felt like. Because I was I, like, oh, shit, this has gotten crazy. Yeah. I didn't expect that it was, kind of, it I didn't was a twist. kind of twist in an older movie like Wait, this. Nick, what were you like, going to say? It was a twist, but yeah. I didn't believe it for a second. I was like, there's no I mean, way. yeah. Well, yeah, I but you got to have the drama. You got to have the drama. The heightened drama yeah. was was real. And he, well, was he felt the same way, too. Opera. Yeah. So, you could tell he saw her pull the gun was like, okay. Is that when we got... Are you crazy woman? Is that when we got the me. whole... She explained more of her past that Laszlo... That's when she's yes. like, I thought Laszlo was dead, which is why we were hanging out in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. But then I learned that Laszlo wasn't dead, which is why I was conflicted. And didn't and, and ditched you at the and he was station. injured. She had he was like injured and she had that's to go right. Take she care had to take him. care of him. Um, um, which you know they have a smooch. It was weird. So something I noticed was in this scene. I think it was this scene. Um, there was an "I love you, I know" in reverse. He said "I love you" and she uh -huh. said "I know," and I just thought that was kind of cool because oh, I felt yeah. like Han Solo vibes from too. Rick the whole movie. And yeah, then, yeah, like, definitely. that reverse, like, I love you moment, I was like, okay. I don't know. I wonder if he pulled from that, because Lucas... Yeah. I, that's what Spielberg I wondered. Were big film buffs. I mean, surely. I mm -hmm. mean, these archetypes are pretty established. Yeah. I didn't catch that. That's great. And then, after that, we cut to the secret meeting. We cut to Laszlo and Carl kind of running away from a German car that just completely misses, like, a fat <laughs> man and a foreigner running yeah. away. Yeah, uh, a well-known right <laughs> like, in a stripy <laughs> suit, uh, yeah. and then we kind of get so Laszlo gets arrested, and then we've got Rick that goes to Renault and confronts him about the uh, Laszlo arrest. Proposes a deal that was basically like, "Hey, if you let Laszlo go, I'll get him arrested on even bigger charges." And then yeah. we get the like the the it wasn't like a triple cross, but we get like, "Oh, kind of. what is Rick doing?" <laughs> Kind of like he's, I, he tells I was like, three, oh my God. he tells this three groups of people, three different things yeah. and they're all lies. And I, that's when the movie, I was like, oh, this third act is crazy, man. Yeah. And it really, it that's really about the time. Up. That's about the time where I hit pause. As I had my headphones on, took my headphones off. I was like, all right, take a breath. You, I'm losing focus. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like I just got to take a second. To, so there's at the very beginning of the movie, there's a really funny scene where a waiter walks up to these people at a table and they're like at a restaurant eating outside and they see a plane yeah, and the waiter's like, this. have you heard what's happening? And yeah. they go, we hear very little and we understand even less. That's you the whole movie. That, <laughs> that, that was me British. the second half of this movie. Like, I, I like hear it. very little and I understand even less. There's you like three different like, stories that he's telling here. <laughs> I, was I, not I seem to have forgotten my mind's wallet. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man. And, and so, what I, a funny little fellow. Help me get yeah. this straight. Because okay. I can't exactly remember what happened. So he takes Laszlo... And tells Renault, I'll get Laszlo and we'll get even bigger charges. I don't remember what he tells Laszlo. So we I don't, don't think know. They they, I don't think they cut. They, it's implied yeah, that know. like he goes to Laszlo while he's in the cell and explains it to him. And I guess they let him out on good behavior, like in anticipation of this plan. In, in anticipation of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got, he pulls a gun on Renault. While well, for, is, yeah, first he's got uh, they. Oh, uh, they stage him with Laszlo buying the letters of transit. The, yeah, he gives him the letters of transit, and then Renault is there, and he pops up, and he's like, you know, 
He, and basically, Renault's like, uh, you might be surprised or whatever, but Ricky's, you know, Ricky, he called him, uh, is like on the side of love, I guess. And he's like choosing his woman over his morals. Yeah. Basically. And then when Renault turns around to like, as he's talking, like, that's when we see that. That's when you know, Rick's Rick got pulls, the gun pulled on him. Rick's got yeah. the gun on Renault and tells Renault to dial the airport and tell them yeah. that they've got two passengers leaving to, I don't remember where they go to, somewhere in South America first, right? Um, Le- Lebanon? Uh, Peru. Lebanon? Not Peru. Peru. Not Peru. Peru. Portugal. 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 I thought it was some L word. That it was, was Lisbon, which is Le- in okay. Portugal. Okay. Fun fact. Gotcha. Okay. Right, nice. So Geography. he's like, let the airport know. But but <laughs> Renault calls Strasser, which was wild to me. Because I'm like, he'd kind of been playing both sides. Yeah. Right. And that was that seemed like a firm, like almost a heel turn. Which we get him back in yeah. the end, spoilers. But that that was interesting but to me. But he's playing his he's playing his safety. That, he's you're like, right. You're I'll right. Get in trouble. He's always playing him. You're right. Which is so what Rick is doing. Know. Yeah. Uh. So then we've got that, and um, Rick takes uh Ilsa and Laszlo to the uh, airport. Um. I guess Renault's there too, because he's at so. the airport at the end. Yeah. Um. And then we yeah, learn that second break where they're like, where they're, first they're at the the one place, and then they're at, in a car going somewhere. Like, how, yeah. how did this transpire? But I guess you know, I don't just know. So keep that, holding a gun to his back. We get to the airport and we have way too much dialogue while we know that Strasser and the Nazis are coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a and, long like way. Like, how far away are they? And then we yeah. learn like the third twist to Rick's plan, which is that he's actually going to give the tickets to Laszlo and Ilsa. He just had to, I guess, felt like he had to get Ilsa to the airport. Like, Probably. You're getting yeah, on the no plane yeah, to get her to leave. Um, I'm guessing. Uh, so they leave. Um, Strasser arrives and tries to phone the radio tower to stop the plane. And Rick just shoots him. <laughs> uh, just Again. shoots him. And I was like, whoa. Again, in very Han Solo style, because they go to shoot each other, right? Yeah, it mm-hmm. reminded me of the Greedo. And I'm like, oh my, who shot first? Yeah. yeah. I there, thought, there was a second I thought I was that like, Rick was going to be hit. Because in yeah. my mind, Strasser shot and missed, and then Rick just was a better shot. It, it was a, it was a but, Han Solo Greedo moment in that way. But I, I thought we were going to have a delay, because Strasser took 80 years to fall down. I thought we were going to have a delayed Rick reaction, uh, but we yeah. didn't. We we had a, a Renault. Um, calls the rest of the I don't know if they're the Vichy guys or the Nazis. I Probably guess they're, the Nazis, they're I, I guess think. they're one in the same uh, for yeah, all intents yeah. and purposes. It was the French police or just yeah. And he, uh, he, guys or he tells him that hey, Strasser's been murdered. Round up the usual suspects, uh, yeah. which was the BS that they used at the beginning of the film. Uh, yeah. Once the couriers another have been what is it, one of those cliche lines that you hear in movies now? And then the usual suspects. The very end. We have a line that is repeated all over cinema, and and I, and I bet I don't hundred percent know that it was coined for this movie, but he uh, he says he says uh, I feel like this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship or, or whatever yep. the exact quote is, and that's the last line of the movie, and they just kind of walk out out of frame, and uh, classic. They go line. join the resistance. Was, that third <laughs> act was wild. It really. Like, because I thought for sure I was like Rick is really gonna do this. I was like I can't believe this mo- movie is so held up. And then when he switched, I was like oh my god. And then when Renault switched, I was even more impressed because I was like this is a guy who's probably more self interested than Rick. 
Like, he has no love of his life. He's just kind of getting some side flings with these, like, uh, letters of transit situations with these women. Um, so when he switched, I was like, God, I want the sequel so bad. Right. Like, I want them. <laughs> like, I was like, man, I want, like, that would be a funny Well, and they tried yeah, to make sequels. To watch that. They tried to make sequels, and Did they, they, couldn't, really? they couldn't get anything off the ground uh, mm. script-wise. Nick, do you have anything on that, or...? or... No, they did. They tried to do a couple sequels, and then they even did some TV shows later. Yeah, and there were a couple TV shows that just flopped and got canceled. Nothing that they did really worked after they the couldn't recapture that lightning really in a bottle. Helped it so much. Yeah, yeah lightning in a bottle. Um. Man. So okay, I'm so interested, uh, to get star ratings from everybody. Um. By the way, I think at least Nick, Carl, and I are on uh, Letterboxed. Um, kind of to keep I track of these movies. I still haven't finished my Roadhouse review. I'm so bad with words. But uh, I want to join. Get on Letterbox. I'll bro. get on Letterbox. I just kind of wanted it to help me remember once the you know remember have everything experience. in one place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast aside, um, so I won't start. I want. I kind of want Carl to start. God. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. I'm torn right now between. I was okay. I didn't know what to expect going in this movie. Really enjoyed it. I maybe watched it six times or five times. Really, just, you know, a couple oh, times. That's why you make the outline on the background. Um, well, because so like, because it, it takes me so much time to absorb everything that's happening. There's a lot. Right. Like, this movie, there was so much nuance, even with just the lighting, with the like the camera movement. So like, I had to watch it a bunch, and I was like, man, this is really actually masterfully done. Um, sure. And I think in three of us on this call are designers, so it's nice to kind of look at it from a design perspective and be like, look how they're doing the lighting, look how they're setting up the stage. It was very Wes Anderson at some points, which I guess this movie is, yeah, he, Wes Anderson is very <laughs> Casablanca. Um, yeah. But it was cool to see that kind of motif, like, still follow today and be like, wow, it's like still impactful. I'm torn between giving this a four and a 4.5. Yeah. Because I, I don't know, <laughs> I'm still so fresh in movies. That yeah, I don't know what, if, if like, you know, I've heard Citizen Kane is the best movie of all time. I haven't heard of Casablanca except for like once we got into this, you know? Sure. So maybe Casablanca is a 4.5, not a 5. Oh, we can have multiple movie, fives, you know? though. Because even, yeah, but what's a perfect movie? Like, even with like this movie, I was like, The Letters of Transit is an interesting MacGuffin, you know, there's a plot device. The fact that like Rick is allowed to kind of roam free. The fact that Laszlo is arrested on site. There's a lot of, you know, stuff that we're kind of sure. letting blow over is it a perfect movie no but it's i've watched i've enjoyed it every time i've watched it yeah um fuck uh, <laughs> i'm gonna give it go with your gut here we go a four <laughs> point five all right four point right. five danielle i want nick to go last because he hates it okay danielle you go right. um <laughs> i'll just sit here and fume yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of torn too because it is hard like starting off strong at the beginning, but I've seen a decent amount of movies um, and I didn't have like any moments of like boredom or annoyance. Like I get really annoyed with some movies as you'll hear later on throughout this journey. Um, (laughs) I also really liked the line will always have Paris. I went through the classic teenage girl, I love Paris phase, and you hear that line and you see it on posters a lot, so now seeing like where it came from was cool. So I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Four out of five. I like the romance, I like the drama. All right. Uh, I lied. I want Nick to go next. (gasps) 
I'm so excited <laughs> for this. Cheater. <laughs> so here's the thing. I oh boy. So my go-to with movies in general is to, and probably with a lot of what we're going to do on here is not watch the trailer, not have any kind of context going yeah. in. Yeah. That worked against me here. Okay. I was confused half the time. At first, I was like, oh, it's a war movie. Well, no, it's a love story. It's both. My beef is, it is both. But, like, the love story could be its own thing without the politics and be good. And the politics was its own thing. I don't feel like they went together well. It felt... I I disagree. I it, yeah the 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 politics gave meaning to the romance. That was it, the whole the, the reason they couldn't be together because of the war. They had to choose the morally right upright thing. Right. He couldn't be with her because she was his uh, Laszlo's muse. Basically, that was what kept Laszlo going. And the cause that was bigger than all of them. He said like, "What's the what? What do you say? The, I, the trivial whatever the lives of three it doesn't make it does make a hill of beans or whatever the quote yeah, was yeah so it's, it's like that was the 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 that's what makes this movie culturally significant is like there are things that are bigger than us that outweigh our decisions yeah you i don't think you can crowbar I, I don't think you can crowbar this specific love story away from the war setting and and have even anywhere close to the same movie uh nor do i think that I this war disagree. story al- alone would That's be fine. anything. <laughs> That's my opinion. But star rating, star rating. Yeah, yeah. What, so what's so, the verdict here? I'm excited to see this. Again, I I was just kind of confused at the end. I didn't like the politics and the love story trend. And like half, half of this podcast was you guys going, okay, well, there were certain things in the movie you have to just ignore because it just helped the story go on. Like, well, that's what a MacGuffin Okay, but have you then, seen right? the MCU? Not as as Roadhouse. The Force, Nick? We have to, uh, we have to admit... No, this is your opinion, world. though, Nick. Yeah. This no, is your it's opinion. your opinion. No, I, I'm, I'll give it a two and a half. Wow. 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 <laughs> you might be the first negative review. I know I'm going ever. against the entire world. Love it. <laughs> but you're a non-movie well, person. Here we are. So. I want to read the whole dissertation about it. All right, I'll wrap wow, it up. Two point maybe maybe it'd be different if I watched it again with more. No, but I love the first impression. But I'm not going to do no, that. No, that's what the show's about. That's what the show's about. So, uh, I loved it. Two point five. Uh, wow. The cinematography was beautiful. I, I loved the lines. I love old movie pacing. Uh, I find new movies very stressful uh, with all the cuts and everything has to be intense and the score has to be just make you want to pee your pants and whatever i really like the longer shots you know the just the slower pacing overall i love that uh i wrote in my notes obvious five stars <laughs> but i i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give it i think i'm also gonna go four and a half yeah um because i think there will definitely be movies that i like more um but it's an obvious obvious classic once i watched it, i went yeah. of course of course it's so acclaimed uh, i loved it i will a hundred percent watch it again um and uh one more fact at the end nick uh i mentioned white christmas earlier uh same director mm. uh, it was funny after watching director. this hbo so max the first movie movie. <laughs> recommended me the maltese falcon so i was like oh i want to so maltese falcon was um uh humphrey bogart's breakout cast. role Okay. So we're going to see Humphrey Bogart in right. Maltese Falcon and also African Queen. 
awesome. so we have a we have a, a couple other uh, um, Humphrey Bogart movies to look forward to, which he I'm very did excited seem about. A little too old for. Oh, what's like that one movie? She was like, was it doing your, what, where yeah, were you 10 years ago? Just, 10 years welcome ago. Welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to yeah. Hollywood. He, Men seemed, always get younger women. He it's seemed not fair. Like, consi- like there were times where we would zoom on him and I was like, oh my yeah. God, this guy's like 60. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's that one movie you always talk about where the age difference is egregious? Funny Face starring Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn. And what's the age gap? There? I don't know, but it's real bad. I haven't bad. seen any Aubrey, Audrey. Oh Audrey, my God! Aubrey, Aubrey Hepburn. Twenty twenty four. We're gonna see a Catherine. Uh, we don't have any. We don't have any Audrey Hepburn on this movie list. We have a Catherine Hepburn with we African do. Queen. All right, I'm Is gonna. That her sister or it's daughter? Sister. Okay. Sister. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, that's it's not daughter. Pulling? Oh boy. I'm All right. Excited. Speaking of that, I really going, want a western. I can't. I I I can't even say. What I will say is. Uh, I know this is supposed to be a totally random poll. If we pull Maltese Falcon or something else old, I'm going to repull because I don't want to watch two movies from the f- 40s back <laughs> to back fair. and put our, uh, unless our audience is like 82 years old. Uh, put <laughs> Maybe sleep. they are. We got June we're, Barrett watching. We're, yeah, we're big in the nursing homes. Yeah. All right. All right. Are we ready? The I'm big ready. room's on. Are we ready? Yep. I don't know if this one's old or not. We're just probably going to have to... I pulled Gangs of New York. Oh, no, no, no. That's a good one. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, it's 2002. Like, I've seen that one. Oh, really? I have seen that one. 2002, Daniel Day-Lewis. But it's a good movie. Leonardo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, Liam Neeson. If anything, okay. it's, it's, a, I like those it's, mid, it's a good middle balance between Roadhouse and uh, Casablanca. It's like a almost dead center. It's like kind of a little campy, a little historical. It's, it's a good... I, ground, I, think. I believe it was a David Ward recommendation. It might have been. So we'll have him to thank. We also have him to thank for the idea of the podcast. Um, shout out. Shout uh, out to David and, Ward. And that's all I'm going to thank. I will thank Danielle, Carl, Nick for doing this stupid podcast with me. Sorry, Nick. We made you watch a very old movie that you didn't like. You know what? I appreciate it for what it is. Not really. And what no. it is to you <laughs> is two and a half stars. That's all I can say. <laughs> it meant a lot to a lot of people. You know? <laughs>